April 20th, 2023. We're in Masechet Betzandaf, If you count from the top down, it's 16 or 15 lines down. Zeha Kelal, the Gemara, after the first word says, So these were the words at the end of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was <coughs> incorporating the halachot that we learned into a single principle. What are you allowed to send as a present on Yom Tov? Something that something that she explained with regards to garments, that you'd adorn yourself, that you'd have benefit in some way or fashion with on Yom Tov. The Gemara is, in a few lines, going to redefine those words. But that's the way we've been working and explaining throughout, that the principle is that you'd need to be able to using this garment, these clothing on Yom Tov. Says the Gemara, Rav Sheshat, Shara lehu lerabbanan leshadure tefilin beyoma taba. Rav Sheshat, shara means to permit. Sheruyim lachem is what we say in the Hatarat Nedarim. It's mutar for you. He permitted lerabbanan for the, his students, the rabbis, leshadure to send tefilin beyoma taba, to send tefilin on Yom Tov. Why would he be permitting them to send tefilin on Yom Tov? That's a little bit uh, surprising. Amar le Abaye, Abaye, turning and uh, exclaiming to his contemporary Rav Sheshat, he says, Veha'anan tenan, did we not learn in the Mishnah, quote, Kol otinbo biyom tob, oto, question mark. Didn't we learn in the Mishnah the only circumstances and situations where <clears throat> it's going to be permitted to send something. We're not going to consider it a weekday sending. It's going to be appropriate for Yom Tov and permitted as if it's Neotin Biyom Tov. And as a result, why is it that you're permitting sending this tefillin? After all, we're not going to be wearing tefillin on Yom Tov. Hachekamar answers the Gemara. Uh, you perhaps, at least according to Rav Sheshat, misinterpreted those words in the Mishnah. The words in the Mishnah truthfully meant to say, which means to say, although the words in the Mishnah were in other words, anything that you could and would use on Yom Tov, you can send. Don't read it like that. Read it like this. Anything that you can adorn yourself with, parentheses, even on the weekday. You can send it on Yom Tov. What does that include, Eli? That includes for us tefillin. Tefillin, clearly, you can and would wear on yourself, we do, daily throughout the week. And therefore, the Mishnah's purpose was specifically to tell us it needs to be something that can be worn, something that's finished in terms of its production, not per se something that will be worn on Yom Tov. Yes? So Nathan's asking, I think, that what's the purpose, what's the objective in sending this to this individual on Yom Tov, if ultimately speaking he won't be able to use it on Yom Tov. It sounds like something that's preparing. Maran Bet Yosef in Simantaf Koftet Vav, I believe, quotes from Sefer Ashlama that the interpretation to Mishnah is that you'd get Simhat Yom Tov by receiving it on Yom Tov. I see, wow, a new pair of tefillin, that's very exciting for me. I'll be able to use this. It's not per se that I'm preparing for afterwards. I'm elated, I'm, uh, I'm jubilant, I'm excited on Yom Tov. 
I understand. I'm fully aware. Oh, it's not me. This is, this is not me, right? Okay. There's, there's, there's plenty. That's right. There's, there's plenty more to address over here uh, already. Let's start with Rashi. Kol otimbo behol says Rashi. What do those words now mean? Shehumitukan kol sorko. The objective specifically is that the item that's being sent is fully prepared. It's metukan. The taken means to fix something. Rav sheshat. Well, not per se. Neotin still might be mitkashetin, but instead of it being on Shabbat, it's hol. How do you define something you would adorn yourself with? Rashi is only deepening that and telling us the definition is when it's finished. Doesn't need to be that it's beautiful. It needs to be it's finished. It needs to be finished before Yom Tov and usable whether on Yom Tov or even off of Yom Tov. That's the objective. I can't send you an unfinished shoe. I can finish, I can send you uh, an item which is finished, although you won't be wearing it on Yom Tov. I just mentioned to you an unfinished shoe. There was another case with regards to shoes. I don't want to talk about I can't finish, I can't send you the uncolored shoe. But there was another case in the Mishnah, remember? That's unsewn shoe, but I, that's the unfinished one. What did we talk about in the Mishnah as well? The shoe, the sandal ha-misumar, the one with the spike. Well, let's for a moment just reflect upon that. The spiked shoe is specifically and only prohibited for usage on Shabbat. A gezerah from the rabbis. Masechet Shabbat, Afsamech. Remember, it caused danger at once upon a time, the rabbis forbade it. Isn't that identical then to our case of tefillin? Tefillin, ultimately speaking, are permitted during the week. I, I keep saying the word permitted. Let's say worn during the week, but not on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Interesting. So Nathan has suggested a distinction. Nathan, let me just finish the question. Whereas tefillin are permitted, but not, not permitted, wrong word again, is, are worn during the week, but not on Shabbat and Yom Tov. We're permitting to send them, because we say they have a usage during the week. The spiked shoes, since they don't have a usage on Shabbat, even though they have a usage during the week, the Mishnah explicitly stated, you cannot send them. So Nathan has a very interesting uh, suggestion. He says, I'm not sure he knows exactly what he just said. He said, whereas shoes are forbidden to be worn if they have a spike on Shabbat, tefillin are permitted, just not obligatory. I believe that's what he just said. That's a very interesting perspective. It's making an assumption. The assumption is that it's permitted to put on tefillin on Yom Tov. We just don't do so. Uh, this is an issue we'll quickly di- dive into with Tosafot. It's, cer- it's certainly not, well, okay. Get, 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 give it a moment, give it a moment or two. Uh, you can argue in the moment with Nathan. We'll talk about it I- inside in just a moment. Um, first, the next Rashi. Would be the next words in the Mishnah that we're redefining. Dehai, that this, quote unquote, biyom tob de katane. Again, the words in the Mishnah were kol shineotin bo biyom tob. And as I explained to you, the question is where you read those words, biyom tob, as part of kol shineotin bo biyom tob, or is it kol shineotin bo, kama. That's what Rashi's explaining. I can say a sentence like this. Anything that you would wear on Yom Tov, you could send it. Or anything that you would wear on Yom Tov can be sent. 
Right? So it's very different. Can you wear it on Yom Tov or not? That's exactly what the issue is here with regards to Rav Sheshat's interpretation. Dehai, that this word, quote, or words, Biyom Tov, which we're taught in our Mishnah. It's not referring to the words that come right afterwards that you are adorning yourself with it on Yom Tov. Rather, those words need to be read. It's about being sent, which comes after it. And in turn, it includes tefillin ata, di'iname manah lehu biyom tob. Because if you were to wear tefillin on Yom Tob, leka isura. You heard those words, Jesse? There is no isur. That was Nathan's assumption. Rashi is preempting the question that I mentioned a moment ago. Well, how do you explain the difference between tefillin and sandala mesumar? The answer is, on Yom Tob, at the very least, there's no isur. Continues Rashi, umiu. However, sandala mesumar, lo. When it comes to the spiked shoes, it's not so. Because over there, there's an added prohibition of wearing it on Shabbat and Yom Tov, and in turn, we won't even allow for the sending, which might lead you to that more severe zone. Tosafot makes a nearly identical claim as Tosafot, as Rashi. Tosafot's on the left-hand side. Says Tosafot, we're including tefillin. It certainly permit, uh, forbid, forbidden to send the sandala misumar. If you permit sending it, you'll come to wearing it. Aval, tefillin, we'll skip the parentheses for the moment. There is no prohibition to put them on. Now, there are interesting words that are mentioned in those parentheses. There's a question about whether those are part of Tosafot or not. The words in, to- in those parentheses are Nihid Shabbat Veyom Tob Lavzeman Tefilinhem. There's a mention of Shabbat as well, which almost makes it appear as if he's grouping not only Yom Tob's ability to send the Tefilin because you could wear them, but even Shabbat. That's Tosafot's claim in this context. Now, this matter, this issue, gets broken down in several different contexts. In the back of the Gemara, of course, there's the, uh, the Piskeh HaRosh. Rosh has on, Rosh is Rabbeinu Asher ben Yechiel, an important German and then Spanish a medieval rabbi uh, who comments and explains the Gemara according to the Halakha. There are notes on Rosh, which go back several hundred years, called Hagaot Ashri. The Hagaot Ashri in Siman Kafe has a different interpretation to Tefillin's uh, status over here. The understanding of Hagaot Ashri is that Tefillin, basing himself on a Gemara in Masechet Eruvin, which um, uh, Jesse was referencing earlier, the Gemara Masechet Eruvin and Daf Sadivav has uh, one or two dirashot from Pesukim. Ultimately speaking, it defines Shabbat as a day on which, and Yom Tov, I have an ot, I have this sign of covenant between ourselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Oti Beni Ubenechem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Shabbat is an ot, and Tefillin as well are, Vayalecha Leot Al Yadecha, when I'm on a day which in and of itself is a sign of the covenant of the Berit between the Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't need tefillin as well. The question is then, is it permitted or, for, or, or just, or, or, or just and, and just not necessary, even prohibited? The Gemara doesn't define it. The Gemara says, 
שבת and יום טוב, לאו זה מן תפילין. So תוספות רש"י, Nathan are taking a stab at this and saying, listen, the statement is you don't need to be wearing them. That doesn't per se mean there's a harm or any violation in wearing them. Hagot Ashri alternatively says it's not so. They're prohibited. Once the Torah tells you it's not a time of tefillin, you're not wearing tefillin. Oh, then how do you explain our Gemara? How do you explain the distinction between uh, the tefillin and the sandal ha-misumar? So what ha- What's that? There's a danger? Which one? The sandal was, da- was dangerous. But there's no dangerous today. There are no times of persecution to be wearing it. That once upon a time, it posed in one circumstance a danger. So Rabbis made this decree for the future. It's not that, that it's a continued danger. I mean, that danger subsides. It's not permitted then. Maybe uh, you'd have to go case by case circumstance. Um, uh, so Hagahot Ashri and truthfully Tosafot in Masechet Eruvin and Sadivav point to our Mishnah here, here uh, or our Gemara. Od Medin Rayam Sof Perekamad Tefilin. They suggest the following novel interpretation and say, listen, Shabbat Yom Tov, which is more specific for us, it's prohibited to put on Tefilin. How can you distinguish over here in our Gemara? Tefillin do have a permissibility over the course of the holiday. When do they have a permissibility? On Chol HaMoed. This is the, one of the two major sources that the Rishonim bring with regards to whether to put on tefillin on Chol HaMoed or not. Again, to articulate it the way Hagaot Ashri, Tosafot in Eruvin and Dav Tzadivav say it, is that how do I distinguish between tefillin and sandal HaMesumar? Rashi and Tosafot said, oh, tefillin you could put on on Yom Tov. So you can't put it on Yom Tov. So then it's no different if it's prohibited. No, but there is a time on the holiday when you could, and that is Cholamoyed. Give it a second. But that's the statement. Give it one second. So that's the statement, which means to say what we have developing then is a conversation with regards to Cholamoyed, whether there's a permissibility or even a, an obligation to put on tefillin on Cholamoyed. According to this approach, both Ashkenazic poskim, you're supposed to be putting on tefillin on Cholamoyed. Nathan strengthens the claim. He says, listen, if you tell me there's an ot, and that's the issue, the sign of covenant on Shabbat, that's why you're not putting on Yom Tov, what's it on Cholamoyed? He's making the claim. I didn't see you putting on tefillin past Cholamoyed. He's making the claim that you should be putting on tefillin. Tosafot quotes from Tosafot quotes from Bahag a different interpretation for what the ot might be. The ot is the fact. How do you define this ot? How does it manifest in a physical way or in any way? Suggests that the ot is manifested through the mitzvot of the yom. First and foremost, pr- primarily, we're not supposed to do melacha on cholamoyed. We only do what's called davar ha'aved. We only do specific circumstances melacha. So it is a generally sur melacha. It's not entirely permitted. Maybe that's the ot. Furthermore, we shake lulav on sukkot, says Bahag. Furthermore, we don't eat hametz on cholamoyed pesach. It means that the cholamoyed is not as detached from the moed as we sometimes assume it is. That's the pesach halacha. That's the approach of tosafot. That was, and still is to a certain extent, the approach of Ashkenazim. Why do Sfaradim, generally speaking, if not always, certainly in our community, not put on tefillin on Cholamoyed? And the answer to that question is because, well, before I tell you that, Rosh, 
ended up subscribing to this. In several places he writes, I wasn't fully certain with regards to tefillin, but at a certain point I made my decision on this based on X, Y, and Z, putting on tefillin with a beracha full-fledged on Cholamoyed. What happened was Bet Yosef lives in a time after which Zohar comes to light. And he's weighing all the different opinions in the Rishonim. He's going through the Sugyot in the Gemara. There's nothing that's explicit about Tefillin on Cholom Permitted, not permitted, obligated, not obligated. He's got this Gemara, he's got that. The Gemara, we're talking about these Rishonim, those other Rishonim. He doesn't know what to do. And then he writes in his Bet Yosef to Siman Lamed Aleph, he says, he says, I then discovered at a certain point, he first starts, he quotes Tosafot, one Tosafot, another Tosafot, and then he says, you should know, Ve'achshav nahagu kol b'nei sefarad, all the Spanish Jewry, shelo lahanicham b'chol ha-moed. Ve'shamati shemikodim ayumanichim oto b'chol ha-moed. I heard that earlier the Spanish Jews used to wear tefillin on chol ha-moed. Ketivrei harosh. Afterwards, they changed their minhag. He says, until Zohar came to light, Zohar, which is a very traditional book, but wasn't a present in its fullest sense, until few generations before Maran Rabbi Yosef Karo in 16th century. century. Since we found the Zohar, he cites the Zohar afterwards, that not only is it prohibited and forbidden to put on tefillin on Cholomo'ed, but a person who does so, well, Jesse said it earlier, is liable to death penalty. That doesn't mean it in the sense that we'll take them to court and put them to death, but it means death penalty from heaven. Uh, that being the case, although the general principle of Rabbi Yosef Karo in his methodology in determining law in Shulchan Aruch is, I have the words of the Gemara, I have the words of Kabbalah, the words of the Gemara are going to win. I have the words of the post scheme, I have the words of Kabbalah, the words of the post scheme, the traditional ones are going to win in terms of scaling this and determining what to do. He says over here, this was equivocal. I wasn't sure. I had to give Marah here, I had to give Marah there, I had to show here. I didn't know what to do. He says, Zohar comes with a strong statement. That's why the Minhag changed. Since in our Gemara, since in our Gemara, we're not even 100% certain that it's forbidden on Yom Tov. Let alone Cholamoed, mi ye'arev libo lageshet la'avor bekum ase al-devrer bishimon ben Yochai, hamafli kol kach bi'isur hanachatan, who's going to be so audacious and brave to decide that I'll go against Zohar? He, he, well, the, the, the people had already, uh, interesting point, give me one second. So that being the case, let's just, I, I got your next stage, which is mine as well. That being the case, we now have a mahloket based on our sugya, whether tefillin and cholamoyed are permitted or not, and in turn, whether you should be wearing them. That's the divide between Svaradim and Ashkenazim. Um, Nathan says, well, now back to our sugya. Back to our sugya, the point is that the reason you're sending the tefillin and it's permitted here in our Gemara is because you can appreciate them. Well, not so fast. You forgot our Tosafot. You forgot our issue in the way we were interpreting it until a moment ago. One approach is because I could put it on on the holiday. The other approach is even though I can't put it on on the holiday, since I could put them on, their kosher tefillin, after the holiday, well, that gives me happiness on the holiday already. 
That's the way Beit Yosef himself explains our sugya. So it's permitted to send them because I got the tefillin. Ah, I can't put them on right now, but Bajan, it's beautiful. I'm excited to put them on right when the holiday ends. Those are the two ways to interpret it in our Gemara. There's one last issue, which we'll really address perhaps as we go along in the Gemara, but it's, it can already be addressed, and that is, well, what will the status of tefillin then be? Will tefillin be considered mukseh or not? What's the halakha with regards to handling the tefillin? We're going to see the Gemara in just a moment, literally. The next line, we'll talk about putting tefillin on your head in order to say that, well, one second, you have to address the ABCs. Am I allowed to put it on my head on Shabbat? I'm not supposed, I don't need to be wearing it. I might be forbidden from wearing it. Is that as a result of mukseh? Is it permitted uh, to just move around tefillin? Heke on Shabbat, I don't like it over here. I don't need the space per se. So this is a mahlokin in siman shin chet and really emanates from our sugya as well. Uh, so let's continue reading here in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, uh, so we've established then what used to happen, what did happen in Rav Sheshat's time. Rav Sheshat permitted sending tefillin. We clarified and we explained the reason he, he permitted so, because the permissibility of the tefillin doesn't per se need to be on Yom Tov. It needs to be a general permissibility to put them on. Does that mean under all circumstances, even though you're not putting it on at all over the course of the holiday? Well, we're not certain. Tosafot and Sanhedrin told us, no, you're allowed to put them only on Cholam Oed. Tosafot over here, Rashi over here said, no, you're allowed to put it even on Yom Tov. Um, how, how do we, have, we have that third approach, Shohan Aruch says, not only not on Yom Tov, but not even on Cholom in which case, of course, you went back to square one in the Gemara, and we interpreted accordingly this really, that, that spectrum. Either Shabbat, Yom Tov, Cholom are all permitted, we just don't do it, or just Cholom is permitted, or lastly, they're all prohibited. That's the question with regards to tefillin. I, I believe in terms of the halakha, we've been pretty clear. Shohan Aruch and Siman Lamed Aleph says, prohibited, asur, both on Shabbat as well as Yom Tob, and Cholamoyed. It's only the Ashkenazim who permit on Cholamoyed. Mukseh, next stage, but let's address it through the Gemara. It says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, Abaye made the following statement, tefillin, ho'il ve'atu liyadan. Tefillin, now that they came to our hand. He means this proverbially, he doesn't mean this literally. He means now that we're talking about tefillin, nema behu, let us say about them, milta, something. We said one comment about tefillin, we learned about Rav Sheshat, we clarified and determined how he was permitting his students to send tefillin. Let's talk about another issue with regards to tefillin and Shabbat. Here's what I have to say, says Abaye. If a person was traveling, and they have tefillin on their head. And the sun went down. And it's Eid of Shabbat is the assumption. Uh, you put your hand over the tefillin until you get home. Why are you putting your hand over them? So that people don't look and make the wrong conclusions about what's on your head, why tefillin are on your head. Uh, that's the first case. Listen to the next case, that, uh, that until you get home. Uh, that, that's a statement, until you can come home and store your tefillin safely. Second case. You're sitting in the Midrash. Rashi, as we'll read in a moment, explains for us, the Midrash used to be outside of the city. It's the place of the Midrash outside of the city, which made it more of, ironically, a better location because people from all the adjacent cities could easily access it. So the Midrash is outside, you're in there, and you have tefillin on your head, you're wearing them throughout the day, as was once done. 
and Friday night arrives. The sanctity of Shabbat has, has come. Maniach yado alehen. Again, you place your hand on the tefillin shel rosh. Ad shemagiyah lebeto. Until you arrive home and you safeguard your tefillin accordingly. Those are the two cases. Case number one, again, you were walking. Case number one, you, you were walking. One sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Case number one, you were walking. And the words of the Gemara were shak'a alav ha-hama. And the sun set. Case number two is you were in the Midrash. The Kiddesh alav hayom, the day became sanctified. Our assumption based on Rashi is that these are identical cases. They're both talking about Friday afternoon. Interestingly, using two different words. First time it says, Shaka'alav Hama, the sun went down. Second time we spoke a little bit more poetically. We said, and the sanctity arrived. Why did you change the wording over there? The second case, he actually brought in the Shabbat himself, no? Mm-mm. He did Kabbalah Shabbat. Mm-hmm. No, it happened upon I understand. I'm only asking. I'm only asking on the wording. Why did the wording shift? So we'll return to that question in just a, a moment or two. Before that, what what is the idea? Why don't you just take them off, as one or two asked, and carry them home? Well, if we're talking about Shabbat, as we've been suggesting until now, there's two isurim on Shabbat. There's an isur of going from one domain into another, and secondly, there's an isur of carrying six feet, four amot, in Rishut Rabim. You can't just put them in your hand. Well, if you can't just put them in your hand, they're not supposed to be wearing them in your head. How are you wearing them on your head? The answer is wearing them on your head, we consider a derech shinu, that's not a normal way of carrying tefillin. You're carrying tefillin, you put it in your koracha and you walk like that. And as a result, not considered levush because it's not levush Shabbat. And as a result, even though rabbinically speaking it should be prohi- prohibited, even though you're doing it derech shinui, since it's for shimur, shemirata tefillin, to keep the tefillin safe, it's permitted. That's what we have here in our Gemara. I'll repeat one more time, two cases different verbs or different realities describing what seems to be the same situation, Shabbat's arrival. Let's quickly read from Rashi on the right-hand side. Rashi already tells us that first of the two cases where it said, Rashi is clear the way we interpret it is in his mind the right way. It's talking about the same situation. Either you were walking or you were in the Midrash and Shabbat has come upon you. Maniach yado alehem. Why are you putting your hand on them? Shelo yirum. So others don't see you. Uh, why do we want others not see you wearing the tefillin? Uh, it looks wrong. You're not supposed to have them on your head, per se, on Shabbat. It looks furthermore as if you're carrying. Hachamim hitiru lalachnisam la'ir. The hachamim permitted to wear it as if it was clothing, when it clearly isn't, because we consider that ha'avara, carrying and transferring, on the other way of the hand, behind the hand, meaning not the normal fashion, so that the tefillin don't get ruined and don't get put in a shameful situation. Bebet midrash was the second of our two cases. You were sitting in the Midrash. V'kidesh alav hayom. Rashi explains, what's the issue? Take them off in the Midrash. If you're in Knees, on Shabbat, and take them off. Rashi explains, basadehu. The Midrash was outside of the city. It's in a place where anyone and everyone can enter in. The Gemara will say dogs might enter in. Uh, certainly robbers can enter in. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere. That's why we don't want you, or you don't want to leave your tefillin over there. 
Those are the two cases we have mentioned in the words of Abaye. As I mentioned just briefly, the wording is not congruent, and Tosafot on the left-hand side, the last one, pick up on this. So the last Tosafot, right, Piresh Rashi, Rashi explained that Tarvayu, both of these cases, Mayere, are taking place, Be'erif Shabbat, both the first case where you're walking, and Shaka'alav Hama, and the second where you're sitting in the Midrash, Vikidesh Alavayom, are on Erev Shabbat. This Shabbat loves Zeman Tefilin. Shabbat's not a time of Tefilin. Gemara Eruvim Davsadivab. Vichibaba Derech, Vishaka'alav Hama. When you're walking and the sun goes down Friday afternoon, Hitiru Lalahaviyam Leir, Ho'ilum Viyam Kalahariyad. And that's a very clear, succinct, and accurate portrayal of Rashi's interpretation. Asks Tosafot, Ulefize Kashe. According to Rashi's interpretation, however, there's a difficulty. Di'imken, if that's so, amayna kat gabe baba derech v'shak'ah l'gabe yoshev beta mitrash v'kidesh ayom. Why is the wording not symmetrical? Why in the first case it's saying the sun went down, in the second case it said the sanctity of the day was, uh, arrived? It's just not the way of the rabbis to speak. I mean, a poet, an author, might speak like that. The rabbis who are writing legally, the law, the law, this is just confusing. If the reasoning and rationale in these two cases is identical, Shabbat time, Mishum Bizayon, Hetiru, why did it change in its wording? Therefore, Tosafot suggests a different interpretation. Listen, ultimately speaking, the principle will be almost the same, but it's a new detail. The first of the two cases of Abaye, when you were traveling and the sun went down, the case is, it's weekday. End of a long weekday, uh, work day. Of course, you're wearing your tefillin on your head and you're returning home, and the sun is going down. What's the issue? So the sun's going down. You should take off your tefillin. Gemaran Masech Menachot Aflamidvav explains us. Tefillin is something that we put on during the day, not at night. Kamashma'lan, the Laila Lavzim and Tefillinu. First and foremost, Abaye tells us the halachayas, we don't put on tefillin at night. Vim Tomar, but if you, this is Nathan's question. Imayre Behol, Amayeno Meviotam Biado, just hold them in your hand. As if it's a weekday. So here, although, although the pickup on the wording, as Tosafot is great at doing, was fantastic, here's where they get stuck. So if that's the case, why not just hold it in your hand? Yesh lomar dilma miyade. The fear is that if you take them off at night, maybe as you're walking, you'll trip, they'll fall out of your hand. The rabbi say, leave it on your hand and put a hand over the tefillin shelrosh in order to make certain people answer. In terms of people seeing you? Apparently, well, it's Shaka Hama. It's the sunset. Well, okay. That being the case, that's what we have then in our Gemara. This is the statement of Abaye. So, uh, one last time, Abaye's statement here is: Now that we're dealing with Tefillin, Hayababa Derech Tefillin Beroshov Shaka Alav Hama Mani Yachedu Alehem Achim Agiel Beto. According to Tosafot, it's night time. But the principle of the matter is leave them on you, even though it doesn't look right that they're on you. It's not the right thing per se to have them on you. But do it uh, because otherwise it might fall out of your hand. Fundamentally and primarily for our sugya that we were talking about Shabbat and Yom Tov and all that sort of business. Period. Says Gemara, I have a question for you, Abaye. Mativ Ravuna Bere de Rav Ika has a question from a Beraita. Beraita has the following statement: Haya ba baderech. Those words so far identical to Abaye. Utvilin Berosho. Okay. 
Now we're talking. You're walking and traveling and tefillin on your head. V'kiddish alav hayom. This time, Shabbat. Okay, that's interesting. That's a quite, not a question, but to Tosafot. What's that? Yeah. V'kiddish alav hayom. Maniach yadu alehim. Ad shemagia. Lebayit hasamuch. Lehoma. Listen to the words of the Beraita. The Beraita does not say, will not permit that you to put your hand on the tefillin and walk into your home, which is further than the first home at the gate and city entrance. Instead, it says, bring them until the closest fortified safe home and take them off over there. Don't wear it all the way to your home. You're working, I don't know, on the, on the bay. And now you're walking in. You found a Jewish home. You found them. Take them off and put them over there. Similarly, keep in mind the Midrash out in the fields. Dangerous place for your tefillin to stay. And Shabbat arrives. Put your hand on them until you get to the home, obviously a safeguarded home, a safe place closest to the Midrash. Clearly, Abaye, the permissibility of the rabbis under these circumstances to leave the tefillin on your head, to say that even though you're carrying on Shabbat, which the rabbis, generally speaking, if you wanted to do that during the day, I'm just going to wear my tefillin out. No, 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 don't do that. You're only doing it because there's a potential of bizayon on the tefillin, but they're permitting you not as far as you went, Abaye. Abaye, you suggest you could bring it into the home. This Beraita tells you it's only Labayta Samuch Lehoma. From when you enter into the city, put them in the first home. And don't, however, bring them all the way to your home. Which means to say the Gemara now is stuck with regards to Abaye. Abaye had a full permissibility. A permissibility, put your hand on the tefillin and walk all the way into your home in order to safeguard, make certain that these tefillin don't get shamed, don't get ruined. The Beraita, as much as it agrees or agreed earlier uh, with Abaye that, um, that there's a permissibility, that the rabbis won't forbid you from walking in a Shutarabim, from transferring, they nonetheless, uh, they nonetheless curtail this, they nonetheless state that you could bring it only until the home which is closest to the Midrash, the home which is closest to the city. That's all we're talking about, 100%. Yeah, I, I understood. Nathan, Nathan says, you know, your tefillin are out there. And they're... I carry home even every day, and I bring it back to you. You happen to live right there, that's right. All right, so to this we will return, but I want to remind you one thing we want to address as we do this is that there's an assumption that you could be wearing the tefillin. Maybe that's not an assumption. Maybe it's because of bizayon, but I do want to tell you again, if tefillin are not supposed to be worn, uh, we do have a potential other issue called muqseh, which we'll return to as well tomorrow. Baruch Amen.